a warning for this week's episode. This episode talks about suicide and suicide prevention. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health or suicidal thoughts, resources are linked below in the show notes. This episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is brought to you by Swenson Real Estate, service before self. With over 30 years experience, they've seen it all. Contact Jeff and Lorena today at 406-253-0033. That's 406-253-0033. Swenson Real Estate, service before self. From right here in the beautiful Flathead Valley, I'm Micah Drew, and this is the Flathead Beacon Podcast for Wednesday, September 22nd. The Flathead Valley has been rocked by the deaths of two high school students by suicide that were reported in the last two weeks. These deaths marked the 7th and 8th by suicide in the high school age group in the area in the last year and a half. My colleague Tristan Scott reported on the deaths which came during Suicide Prevention Month as well as the first month of the school year, and along with myself, he talked to administrators, activities directors, grief counselors, coaches, and others working in the realm of suicide prevention to get an idea of the resources available to those struggling with mental health and to try to understand how the community can prioritize awareness and prevention. Tristan came to join the podcast today to talk about his reporting journey, how he covered such a difficult topic, and what guidelines are in place for reporters covering sensitive topics just as this. But before we get to Tristan, a reminder that this episode of the Flathead Beacon podcast is made possible in part by members of the Flathead Beacon Editors Club. Members support all of our journalism in all of its forms, in print, online, and here in the podcast studio, and they do so for as little as $5 per month. Members get some extra perks too, so if you want to find out more or join today, visit beaconeditorsclub.com. Let's say hello to this week's guest, my colleague, Tristan Scott, who I talked to Tuesday afternoon. Tristan, thanks for taking the time this afternoon to come up to the podcast studio. Thank you, Micah. Good to be here. So last week, the two of us collaborated on a cover story about suicide prevention that stemmed from what was originally one death by a Glacier High School student. And by the time we went to print, there was a a second one in the same community. And this marks just this growing number of youths in the community that have died from suicide, eight in the last 16 months. What is it that prompted you to decide that this was the time to use the platform as as a media outlet to tackle this issue and really address suicide prevention in this community? Well, I think that, you know, as a as a newsroom, we've been having this conversation for some time, certainly over the course of the past year, and having 15 years of working in newsrooms throughout Montana, I don't think I've ever worked in one where we weren't actively discussing how to cover suicide, because as you know, Montana consistently ranks in the top five in the nation for most suicides per capita, it is uh, certainly one of the most preventable causes of death for youths aged 0 to 19. And so suicide is an ongoing topic that 
as a reporter, I have wrestled with how to cover it as a public health issue. Now, what's happened over the course of the last 16 months is every time we learn about a youth who dies by suicide, we feel the shockwaves that I think the entire community is enduring right now. But what's happened just recently since the start of the school year, in which time two Glacier High School students have taken their own lives, is that that cumulative impact has become such that we can't ignore it anymore at the Flathead Beacon and as a community. And so in many ways, we're responding to a crisis that in our community has reached this fever pitch. And I think that is what drove our coverage right now. But certainly we haven't lost sight of the broader issue, which impacts communities throughout Montana, as well as on its American Indian reservations and nationwide. There's really no easy way to address these situations and have conversations with people no matter how far out of the orbit they are from the impact of, of someone who kills themselves. As a journalist, how did you go about navigating some of the conversations with the administrators, with counselors? Are there guidelines that drove some of your reporting? What's kind of the, the standard you take when approaching the subject? Well, as a journalist, talking to our community leaders and the people who are sort of directly impacted by this, but somewhat removed from the the most intense grief that is being experienced by family members, friends, and those closest to the victims. I struggled deeply with whether our coverage could potentially lead to additional suicides, given that we are experiencing a cluster in our community. There is a lot of research that shows that the type of coverage that media organizations provide can indeed lead to copycats or additional suicides as part of what's known as contagion. And that fear was exacerbated when you know, we'd spent a week talking about this, reporting on the most recent death by suicide of a high school student, and woke up on Sunday morning, the day before going to our print deadline to learn that another high school student had died by suicide. And not only does that, I think, give the story that we're trying to tell more urgency, but it means that the grief is even rawer, it's even bigger, that uh, emotions are going to be running higher. And I think there, there was sort of an argument that I was having with myself about whether whether we should still tell the story, whether it was a, a bad idea to talk about it right now so soon on the heels of another suicide or whether it had, in fact, become more essential. And one of the resources that I turned to in my reporting was guidelines established by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, which has actually published guidelines for how to beneficially cover the topic of suicide in a manner that minimizes that correlation between reporting on suicide and the likelihood that such reporting will lead to additional suicides. But as public service journalists, and for us as a community news organization, it's also our responsibility to cover an issue 
more broadly when it does become a public health problem like this. And that includes asking our community leaders, our educators, our mental health experts, what can be done about it, what is being done about it, and really emphasizing and reemphasizing the key message, which I think is suicide is preventable. Um, and so that was the tone that I tried to strike with this article. And I think that everybody we spoke to, and I think you'll agree, was, uh, was really emphasizing prevention and doubling down on prevention. And what are our resources? Where can you turn if you are struggling with depression, if you are having suicidal thoughts? Um, but certainly in, you know, in the reporting process, I really did encounter this sort of double-sided edge to the issue of reporting on suicide, which, you know, again, is I firmly believe that we can actually do good by reporting on things in a way that pairs, you know, the stark reality of this public health crisis with a message of hope and prevention and help seeking and perseverance. And I hope that, uh, that when readers see the article tomorrow um, or today, when uh, when this podcast goes live, that um, that they'll agree that we struck we, that we struck that that balance. But it's a delicate balance for sure. That main thread you mentioned of of everyone we talked to knowing that awareness of mental health issues and an awareness of uh, suicide prevention resources uh, is something that needs to be pushed more to the forefront of of the collective consciousness. Uh, what can you tell us about some of the strategies you heard from either administrators or other members of the community to address this and what kind of resources are there um, that people should be aware of? Well, and that's an interesting question because that's a question that I was asking a lot of people is, you know, what, well, what's the school's responsibility in this? What, you know, why haven't we been having this conversation? And the people that I was asking, I think it uh, was almost triggering, triggering for them because there are many pockets uh, in this community um, in which this conversation is happening every day and resources have been have been growing and becoming more sophisticated. Um, the uh, local school system has a suicide prevention task force. Um, they have counselors and therapists that are paired with each class so that they uh, gain a better understanding of individual students as they uh, matriculate through the ranks. There are uh, there are uh, nonprofits that help both with prevention and postvention. There's grief counseling group uh, groups that meet to talk about losing loved ones to suicide and trauma. So there really is this suite of resources in our community. Uh, one of the things that that I learned about is the the 2017 Montana State Legislature passed a bill that addresses suicide prevention in schools, and that has led to uh, a plan that's been implemented in all schools called the Crisis Action School Toolkit. And the author of that school toolkit, uh, Scott Poland, licensed psychologist from Florida, is actually going to be coming to the Flathead Valley to speak to uh, the various high schools in our school district about suicide prevention. And so we, we literally have the person who wrote the book on suicide prevention coming to talk to our communities at this, this really dire time of need, this, uh, this very vulnerable moment for our young people as well as our educators and our community leaders. And so I think that that is something that everybody will find beneficial. I certainly, uh, I certainly learned a lot from talking to him and from reading uh, the Crisis Action School Plan. 
Well, Tristan, I appreciate you coming up here and breaking down your, your reporting and your work on this. Thanks for having me, Micah. If you or somebody you know is struggling with mental health, suicidal thoughts, or just needs some help, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is staffed 24-7, and you can reach it by calling 1-800-273-8255. You can also text the Crisis Text Line 24 hours a day. Text MT to 741741. In addition, the Nate Shute Foundation has a list of local resources on its website, nateshutefoundation.org. We'll be right back. And before we get to this week's headlines, Dr. Mark Remington of Glacier Eye Clinic has a message from our sponsor this week. I've known Jeff for probably around 20 years. Very good friend of mine. He's helped me both personally and professionally in the real estate market. He is super ethical, super knowledgeable. He's prompt. He'll return your calls and he'll steer you in the right direction. As a friend, he's been service before self. Contact Swenson Real Estate at 406-253-0033 today. And now, here are the biggest stories from the last seven days as of 10 p.m., Tuesday, September 21st. After two years of negotiations mired in deep divisions and characterized by back-and-forth public accusations, Logan Health administrators and unionized nurses found themselves in agreement last week when both sides expressed satisfaction with the union's first contract. The contract provides a 7% wage increase and a boost to benefits, which the nurses' union said is critical for nurses who have struggled to afford to live and raise families in Kalispell. The contract also addresses scheduling issues that nurses say has led to burnout and decreased patient care. In Kalispell, the Flathead County Fairgrounds manager Mark Campbell is retiring at the end of November after spending nearly four decades in the fair business, including 11 years in Flathead County. Campbell is the fourth person in a leadership role in the county to leave their post following the heads of the Planning Department and Parks and Rec Department earlier this year and a change at the county administrator level this spring. And finally, Glacier National Park reports that the inaugural and often divisive ticketed entry system accomplished its goal of blunting the high-volume spikes in traffic that have caused gridlock and the closure of Going to the Sun Road in previous years. Park officials reported 2.35 million visitors came through Glacier's gates in the first eight months of the year, which is fewer visitors than visited in 2017, 18, and 19. But while there was an overall decrease in visitors and vehicles to the park, an unintended consequence of the reservation system including diverting ticketless visitors to less well-equipped corners of the park causing a variety of problems. Park officials will use the information gathered this summer to determine how to move forward next year. A decision may be announced later this fall. Once again, the fall issue of Flathead Living Magazine will hit stand sometime this week with a number of feature stories to dive into. As always, you can stay up to date on everything that is happening in the Flathead Valley online at flatheadbeacon.com or in our print issue of the Flathead Beacon, which is on stands today. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.